Welcome to the Marketing and Margaritas podcast. I am Madeline. And I am Ruby. If you're a startup or scale-up looking for actionable and profitable advice, then this is a podcast for you. We will give you a taste of our proven insights and strategies that we've applied to hundreds of businesses to help them grow, scale, and succeed. So grab your margaritas and your pen and paper because we're here to show you that with the right strategy, your idea, and our marketing guidance, you can take your brand from startup to stand out. Welcome back to the Marketing and Margaritas podcast. I'm Madeline and I'm joined by my co-host Ruby. Hi, Ruby. Hi, Madeline. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm really well, thank you. We've missed each other. We've had a little bit of a break. Um, to focus on projects that we're both doing and we've got in the pipeline. And it was good, but I did miss the podcast. And even just speaking to a few people, it sounds like you guys are missing it too. So that makes me kind of happy and excited to be back and excited to deliver today's podcast as well. Yeah. So we thought we'd jump in this week talking about why your marketing isn't working. And this is generally things that have happened with our clients or things we've been experiencing commonly between us that we always are addressing. And it's something we feel really passionate about sharing with you because these aren't, these aren't common. Like I don't know why people are not talking about these more and why people aren't understanding the importance of the things that we're going to address today. Mm, I know. And I think um, these are things that come up for mine and Maddie's in, inside our initial consultations. Like we'll start yeah. to chip with a new client and they come to us and understandably they're really frustrated why their marketing isn't working. But what we feel we've got five, I believe, that we're going to be discussing and yeah. these five are quite common and they can be really easy tweaks that you can make to your business because they're not hard. Yeah. Well, one of them. Fire <laughs> 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 work, but they're... Um, they are easy to make changes if you've got the capacity and you've got the right resources to do so. So the first one seems really obvious, but I still feel like people aren't doing this properly and it's called having a strategy. (laughs) (laughs) Now, when we take on clients, I've had a lot of people, we sign the contract, it starts, and then they're like, okay, well, you haven't started posting or you haven't started running the ads. And I'm like, correct. The first three weeks, generally even up to a month, is really diving into a strategy. And what a strategy actually involves is so many details. The first thing we always do is a competitor analysis. Um, Working with anyone, you should really understand what the market is doing, where the gaps are, and how you can address differentiating yourself against your competitors. So people think a competitor analysis is copying what's out there, but it's actually finding the gaps and being different. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think just um, even following on from that, just in terms of a strategy, you mentioned there's so many different elements of a strategy. And the reason why we don't start posting straight away, the reason why we don't just, you know, expect that results will come immediately is because a strategy is different for every business. There's no Mm -hmm. one cookie cutter approach that's kind of like, hey, here's a a roadmap and you're going to succeed with it. It's really understanding the business and where they're at and what they've done in the past and what their overall objectives and outcomes they're wanting to achieve for the business. Yeah. That's a huge one is like, okay, well, what's the purpose of our posting strategy? Are we looking at getting new clients to fill a program that's going to be starting in six weeks time? Are we, do we have an established product and we're really wanting to make sales as fast as we can, but we still need to actually map out how we're going to get the sales. We can't just post a a graphic and expect that you know, mm-hmm. customers are going to be flying in the door. There's a lot of work in terms of psychology when it comes to your 
buyer's journey, but also the strategy of the business that we need to take into consideration. Yeah. And then the next thing that we always dive into is actually understanding our avatars, but like really understanding, like you're saying, the psychology behind their pain points, Yeah, what transformations that they're looking for from our products and even going as deep as like, what are they saying? So, you know, we go on Google, Reddit, um, our competitors' comments, and we really want to understand almost like the language or the common phrases that they're using about our product. For example, we just did one for an activewear brand, and a common sentiment between um, audiences is like, A, quality, like we all know, like I'm looking for one that like washes well, I can wear multiple times. B, I really want one that doesn't give me a camel toe. Like this is yeah. common things that people say. Or like I want them to stay really high when I'm like working out. So we really got to understand what our audience is saying in the market about our niche. Totally. And that's going to really help to really build your SEO and your keyword searching so that people can find you at that top of funnel marketing. And if we don't know this, how can we create content that actually speaks to Hmm. that person? So as you can see, if you don't have a strategy, how are you supposed to create content that is right for your avatar, your, your target market? And I suppose this is why Maddie and I both say it's so important to know your niche and also to niche down because Mm -hmm. if you're too broad, how can you actually understand what people are searching for that your product solves the problem for? So, yeah, there's just so much in terms of target market avatar and niche that needs to be understood before you even start to post or create the content to post. And then even like if you're a new brand, we really dive into like what are your vision and mission? What are your content pillars, your value proposition, your elevator pitch. Because like I said, we just took on a brand and she's like, I just don't know where my brand stands. And we really found this for the last seven months. She's been doing random things, but it had no brand voice or had no brand purpose. And when we showed her our strategy, she was like, oh my God, you've nailed it. I knew this is what I needed, but I didn't know how to do this. But now everything we do moving forward has a purpose and it has it's in line with our brand and our brand sentiment. Totally. And even little things down to if you're wanting to be seen as this luxurious, beautiful brand, how are you filming your videos? Are they like really fast transitions that probably doesn't make sense for the brand? Whether mm. if you're filming really slow, beautiful, like natural sunlight coming through, like that's going to speak to your ideal client. So there's so many other elements that need to be understood before you actually create the content itself. And then I guess the last thing which will go into then your point, Ruby, is we need to focus on goals and objective and then what marketing channels are going to help us reach those goals and objective. For example, we might have, we want to increase our website traffic by 20% in three months. Okay. How then, you know, with our smart goals, what's going to help us achieve that? It could be like, okay, well, we're going to focus on organic social media, posting five times a week, using reels. So you see how you have to get that nitty gritty with your strategy about, okay, what are my goals and objectives? What marketing channels are going to help me there? And then you would then do a social media strategy. So you need overarching strategy and then each channel needs its own strategy that really cohesively all speaks together. Totally. And supports the overall objectives of the business. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. So that kind of moves us nicely into point number two. And this is something that I see a lot of people do is they focus on the wrong metrics. Hmm. I have clients come to me and they're like, Ruby, I just, I'm not getting engagement on my post. No one's liking my stuff. Hmm. I'm not getting saves. I'm not getting shares. I'm not getting comments. Like no one's really engaging in my post. 
And I have a look at their overall strategy and they're in an open cart phase, for example, where they're posting a lot of conversion content. Now, we all know, (laughs) and if you don't know, conversion content just naturally doesn't get the same type of engagement as a top of or middle funnel um, Mm. piece of content because the goal is to get link clicks, signups, conversions. So if you're in an open cart phase in your business or you're in a really strong launch period, instead of looking at your likes, comments, saves and shares, perhaps look at your link clicks, perhaps look at your website traffic, perhaps look at other different conversions, your the calls book, depending if you're product or service based, mm. what are those conversion insights that you can actually look at to see if your content is working? So yeah. I think it's really important not to get caught up in these vanity metrics because they're not necessarily going to show you conversion numbers and if your content is working in that way. Yeah. E-commerce, for example, always, always your engagement is going to be lower. If you think about, you know, you're posting those product imagery, people don't generally like them. Like it's just how it works. It's not something that people are going out and liking. So like Ruby is saying with e-com, you might be looking at other metrics like website visits, sales, um, saves, even if it's like a clothing brand, they might want to save it. But naturally, e-com, you do sit a lot lower in that engagement sphere. Yeah, totally. Especially if it's like top of funnel is that that's where you're wanting to get all of that full engagement. You're wanting to get new followers and people actually engaging because your content is more naturally, I suppose, that trending content because we're getting that reach. So Mm. it's just about understanding your content strategy and what the purpose of that particular post is and which insights to actually look at to see if things are working or not working. Yeah. And now this kind of flows into similar to the third point, but into a a little bit more depth of this. So you don't know your numbers. Like Ruby is saying, you're not not measuring the right numbers. However, you don't actually know what numbers bring you success. Yeah. And I see this a lot with paid advertising and I did a TikTok on it and I had people jump in the DMs when I showed an average example of a business getting a ROAS of two using averages. You know, this is quite common that people sit in the two to two and a half across industries. Mm. And people were jumping at me, this isn't profitable for the business if they've got cost of goods, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, relax. You don't understand the lifetime value of your customer. So, Mm. again, these people jumping in the comments didn't know their numbers properly to actually understand what is a successful campaign and they're not measuring their lifetime value of a customer. Therefore, it's not really clear to them what success looks like in paid ads. Mm. So what a lot of people do is they're having, they're running ads, they're doing it, they're getting a ROAS of two and they're like, this isn't working, I'm going to give up on it. Little do they know, and I've had this with a million clients. Because <laughs> you're rolling your eyes there. <laughs> I know. The success is happening. You mm. just can't, you're not clearly measuring all your numbers, but the ads, yes, may sometimes not bring in sales straight away, but they're bringing in brand awareness and those effects are happening later down the track. And you're not measuring all your numbers, your website traffic, actually how many sales you're having, returning customer. So you don't actually understand the success of your marketing properly. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And it's, yeah, it's knowing your numbers for your marketing, but then I've also got clients in who are coaches and consultants and they're in more of the service-based industry who don't even know how much revenue they're bringing in. Oh, God. Yes, Right, like they, they kind of check their bank account, but they won't, um, you know, they don't understand like um, cash collected and their overall, like they just, 
it's understanding the right numbers for your business. And I always mm-hmm. say the numbers that you're focusing on are the numbers that are going to grow. So it's really important if you're focusing on certain numbers to actually know which numbers to focus on so that you can grow in terms of revenue, in terms of actually making sales as well. And I think it's important to go and do a Google on averages as well in your niche because yeah. then you can give you some benchmarks. I've Whenever I show this to clients, they're like, oh, okay. And like, well, I'll be like, oh, am I ready for paid ads? And I was like, well, the you know, in the gym space, the customer acquisition cost is $40. Can you afford that for a customer? And, and once I tell them that, they're like, okay, maybe I'm not ready. There you yeah. go. Like it's about understanding benchmarks so that you know when you're starting a marketing strategy what you kind of have to like a goal of what you have to pay for a customer or reach or do in order to be successful among averages. Yeah, I love that. That's so true. Um, And I love that you look at different industries as well because especially when it comes to ads, your customer acquisition cost is going to be so so different depending on which industry you're in. Yeah, like I think, Ruby, your kind of providers would be really shocked on I think the average even for like marketing uh, to acquire like a, you know, a $5,000 client, you're looking at, you know, $500 acquisition cost. But for some reason, the mindset is it's still going to cost me $10. And I'm like, no, no, no. no." (laughs) $10 is going to take you a hell of a time to get that client. Um, But you also have to, you know, have a look at the cost. It's costing you $500 to get a $5,000 client. Mm. Whereas if you're in the gym industry, it's costing you $40 to to get a, I don't know, what Yeah, like PT, you know, gym membership, that kind of space client. Yeah, exactly, and it's much. It's a, it's a lower, like probably a, a mid-ticket client. It's not as high a ticket. So you've got to understand what your industry standards look like, and also what that percentage is as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So moving into the next one, which I'm quite passionate about, it is a little bit of a mindset one, but it's a lot of business owners that I speak to, a lot of entrepreneurs, one thing that I notice that if you don't have this, you're going to really struggle when it comes to marketing and success in business. And that's patience. And I say this with love, (laughs) but if you're not patient and you're not sticking to your strategy and you give your strategy a week, two weeks, a month, even two months, and it doesn't Mm -hmm. work, it doesn't get the results that you're after and you just throw in the towel, I'm sorry, but you're not going to have a successful business long-term. If you did the same thing when it came to achieving a fitness goal, right, and you're doing everything you can for a week and you don't lose any weight and you decide, oh, I'm giving up right now, your PT would turn around and say, you're being stupid. Like we know that whichever industry you're in, I'm sure you've got a similar situation that this is the same for. We have to be patient with results and we have to actually stick to the plan, tick Tick those mundane, everyday tasks that we need to do, post that piece of content, get that bit of user-generated content, track your insights, all those boring little tasks that add up, the consistency and the momentum and that compounding effect will pay off and get those results. Mm. Now, I also say to be able to do that, you obviously need to have the strategy because if you're doing those mundane, everyday, consistent tasks but don't have a strategy, you're obviously not going to get there either. Yeah, But it's just about having patience and knowing that consistency really is key to have, to getting those conversions. Absolutely. I think with some strategies, it takes three, six, nine, 12 months before you really even see the compounding effect. Yeah. I'm just seeing some things in my business happening and I'm one, nearly two years in, in a few months. And I'm just seeing that of being consistent 
with my branding and consistent with what I'm doing, that the the effect is happening. And I think e-commerce are really notoriously bad for this. Mm. Service, because it's them, I think they hustle a bit harder. They do, but they they let their mindset be like, get taken over by everything else that's going on. E-commerce, because a lot of people start an e-commerce business on the side. They've got, Mm. you know, generally a full-time job maybe or a part-time. This is a passion project that they're wanting to get off the ground. We have a lot of e-commerce. I have a meeting with them and they're like, I don't have the time to do this. Okay, if you don't have the time to do this or the mindset to go and do this, you are not going to have a successful business or instead of taking one year to build, it's going to take you four. And then they blame the marketing. And I was like, well, you need to put in the time to do that post. We had a client go, I just don't have the time to send out the emails. Find the time. Like if you want to be a million-dollar company, find the time. Hustle. Hustle hard. And that's why your marketing isn't working because e-com especially, sorry, I'm going to be really bitchy here, you don't hustle hard enough. I think service providers, they hustle a little bit harder. E-com just think they're going to start a website, start a product, and the money's going to come in, but it does not work like that. And one thing I want to say to this, because I think this is what a lot of people do, is they compare themselves to a business or a coach or whichever industry you're in that is five years ahead of them. And they see this person, they see this business owner doing hardly any work showing up for two hours of business every single day. I actually had this conversation with my clients the other day saying, I probably work now, I'm saying now, four to five hours a day. Mm -hmm. And that's how I've designed my life because that's how I enjoy it. I know that I can get my work done in that time. And I was having this conversation with a client the other day who was like, how the hell do you only work four to five hours a a day? Like that's where I want to be. And you've got to actually have a think like that wasn't how it was at the start of my business journey. Like, and also when I'm in a launch phase, that is not the case. Like I work my absolute ass off to get things up, to get landing pages and sales pages ready and set up all my automation and construct all my marketing. But you have to compare your journey to someone who's at the same stage. And unfortunately with any business in the early stages, it's going to take more hustle. It's going to take more time. And that's where the patience and the consistency piece plays a massive role. And yeah, I think if you're not going to put in the money, because like we don't have the money sometimes with these small businesses, you've got to put the time in. So you want quicker results, the money is there. Like I noticed a big shift when I put more money and capital into my business. It got me to the next level quicker. But at the beginning, I had to put the time in because I didn't have the capital. So really understanding if you can't put in money, you have to put in time and the time will take a lot longer to scale your business. It's almost like comparing organic marketing and paid marketing. Like organic marketing and paid marketing are so powerful in their own way. Organic marketing requires a hell of a lot more time because you're building your personal brand, you're showing up every day, you're providing lots of video content. Paid marketing, it's like turning on a tap so long as everything else is set up. Yeah. But turning on a tap and people are coming into your world. Yeah. Right? And so you have to pump a lot more money into paid marketing, but it's such a kind of removing your time away from it, whereas organic, you need to invest that time. So a combination of the two is ideal. But <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And we'll go on to our last point, which is um, about omni-channel. And we preach this on the podcast a million and one times. But the reason your marketing isn't working is, yes, Ruby said, don't compare yourself with the big brands. And 100%, we don't want you comparing with someone who's not in the same stage as you. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we've got to understand that the big brands are everywhere. So if we take, I'm using the active wear today as my example, the plant, Plant example's gone for now. I'm in active wear mind for some reason. 
you know, activewear is such a demanding niche. There's like so many activewear brands. So for this client, we were really honest with her when she came in. I said, if you think we're just going to be working on one channel, that's naive. We can't, we can't be just focusing on organic. We are definitely going to be doing Insta, Facebook, TikTok, TikTok ads, Facebook ads, email marketing, and TikTok marketing. And you might be like, shit, that's a lot. But again, your marketing isn't working because you don't have an omni-channel mindset. Yeah. So we've got to put your brand everywhere. Mm-hmm. And the buyer's journey, again, we've said this a million times on the podcast, isn't linear these days. They don't just go and see an Instagram post and check out. Maybe 1%. 0.5% of people will do that. But otherwise, people will go on your website. Then they'll yep. get retargeted with a Google ad. Then they'll go on TikTok. Then they'll, we've, we've said this a million times. Yep. So your marketing isn't working because you're not omni-channel. Yeah. And I completely agree with that. I think it is a little bit different in the service-based industry if you're a coach um, or consultant in the sense that you can't just rely on a pure Instagram or TikTok strategy, depending on which platform you're on. You need to think about how you can actually warm up and build trust with your audience a lot faster. Because as Maddie said, like you're on Instagram, you're scrolling. What's going to stop that scroll and actually allow you to build trust with that coach or consultant? And what I found is it's things like building out email nurtures based on a lead magnet so that we can actually get them onto your email list and build that trust that way. And second of all, hosting some kind of event, whether that's a masterclass, a webinar or an online challenge to actually build that trust and pitch your offer to a warm audience. So it's going to look different depending on which business model you've got, but you need to think about other ways that you can actually build trust outside of that one platform. And if you're stuck, like Maddie said before, Think about what the bigger businesses are doing. You're not comparing yourself to them, but you're having a look at where you need to be and actually bridging the gap by starting Mm -hmm. to implement the next thing that you have capacity, that you've got the time, that you've got the money to actually be able to invest in because that's going to be able to collapse time and bring you closer to becoming that successful business. Yeah. I think it's all about mindset here, you know. If you want to have a successful business, you've got to put in the time, the strategy, the money. And otherwise, everyone would have a business. We know this. If it was easy, everyone would have one. (laughs) And one thing that I want to say to that is you've always got time. It's what you prioritize your time over. Like think about how many times you're sitting on the couch scrolling on social media. Do you need to be consuming all that content or can you actually switch that to creating more content? Mm. How many times perhaps you travel to your, your other job on the bus? You've probably got an hour of travel there. Or even if you're in the car and you've got an hour, listen to a podcast, listen to something that's going to actually further you along your process and your, your career. Use that time to make phone calls to suppliers. Like just be smart with your time and have a look at different areas of your business that you can, or your life, sorry, that you can perhaps take those mindless activities and just remove them so that you can actually invest your time into activities that are going to be moving the needle forward. I think for the first year of my business, every single second I was doing something for my business because I felt guilty. Like I was like, oh yeah, guilty. Yeah. Just more like I have to be doing something to further it. Like I need to do this. I literally every second I'd get home and be on the computer. My partner's like, you don't have to be on the computer. And I was like, I need to be on the computer. Probably not the healthiest mindset, but I'm trying to show you like every time frame I had or minute I had, I was working on my business somehow, podcasts, listening to something, writing notes in my phone. And as I was going on a walk about content pillars, I was going to do like any time. I took and I still take my laptop everywhere. Like even <laughs> even if I'm going, okay, maybe not to the movies, but if I'm going anywhere, I've got, 
got my laptop under her arm because you're definitely going to get a spare. Like, okay, a good example. We all know how long doctors take. And I had just yeah. a regular checkup appointment. I took my laptop there because I knew I could be here for an hour just waiting. Open up my laptop and just get some work done in that in the meantime. So this podcast has turned into a bit of a mindset chat with you guys, but <laughs> utilize your time efficiently and also look at where you can remove certain things in your day so that you can actually fill that with things that are going to be moving the needle forward in your business. I'm going to say one last thing. Sorry. Now we've gone completely off topic. Yeah, Even if you can't afford a marketing person, and I completely understand, I still would engage with someone like Ruby, for example, if you want some coaching or consulting, if you need something like me, if you're in e-com, where we could maybe do that first bit for you or help you with that first bit. So you're set up for success. Mm-hmm. It's not that we're saying you have to work with someone in marketing, but it is sometimes good. Like, for example, if you needed legal advice, you're not going to like Google how to do legal advice. Yeah. If you need, if you've got a problem with your gut, you might go to a doctor. You're not going to try and go- you might Google it yourself. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's you don't have to work with a marketer to do everything, but maybe just having that initial call with someone can definitely help you set up for success. Yeah. There's always different ways you can work with coaches or consultants. Like you don't need to be working with them every single week to hold your hand to actually do the work for you in like a done with you approach. You can actually just get them to do an initial consultation and do a starting strategy so that you've got the right direction. You're going to be avoiding a lot of mistakes that you'd make in the start. And also you're going to be um, saving a lot of time in you just Googling a million different ways of doing things because you've got a plan that's actually right for you and your business. So mm. if that's the case, Maddie and my inboxes are always open and just feel free to have a chat. Like we'll be honest with you if we can help you or if we can't help you. Yeah. I think that's the end, Ruby. <laughs> well, that brings us to the end of today's episode. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so excited to be back and we've got lots of amazing podcast episode ideas for you guys. Um, as always, come over and say hello to us on socials. We love hearing from you. Yeah, and we'll talk to you next week. See you then.